Welcome to Getting Coaches Paid, the podcast where coaches like you come to learn the tech, strategy, and mindset behind growing their business online. I'm your host, Patty Knott. I'm a coach and an entrepreneur who's been immersed in the world of online business and digital marketing for the past 18 years. If you're looking for best tips, tools, and strategies that will help you create marketing systems that work for your coaching business so you can focus less on finding new clients and more on serving the clients you have, you're in the right place. You ready? Welcome back to Getting Coaches Paid. And today we're tackling part two of why every coach needs a strategy for organizing their online business. In the last episode, we talked about why many coaches don't bother to create an organization system for their business in the early stages, what it means to actually organize your digital business assets, and why you absolutely want to do this. The two main types of digital assets you have in your business, so that's the digital files like the graphics, the PDFs, the documents, the spreadsheets, and then the workflows or systems or processes, whatever you call them. And then I shared with you the seven broad categories that I personally use to categorize all of the digital assets for my coaching business and how you can create a similar organization structure for your business using the way your brain thinks to create the categories. And if you accepted the challenge I handed out at the end of part one, you've already decided where you want to house all of the digital assets for your business. So Google Drive, Dropbox, a cloud drive on your computer, whatever your preferred method is. You've created your file structure based on the categories we went over. If you want a refresher on my Google Drive, I have seven main categories. I have backend, clients, content, marketing, parking lot, and then my archives. And number three, you've sorted all of the existing files, whether they're on your documents folder, your downloads folder, in your Google Drive, Dropbox, wherever and you've dumped them into one of those seven folders or however many you've chosen for your business, and you're ready to go on to the next step. If you haven't listened already, I'll link the last episode in the show notes so you can check it out. So what's next? Well, this week, we're going to be tackling the rest of the steps in your digital organization project, including purging your existing files and creating the subcategories for all of your files that you've just sorted into those main seven folders, how to create a naming structure for your digital assets so you'll always know exactly what they are without opening them, how to create and document the workflows. So all of the systems or processes that you have in your business that document the steps that you take to produce a result like creating content, publishing a podcast, sending a weekly newsletter, things like that. And then lastly, how to manage all of your ideas and inspiration. Because if you're anything like me, right now you have post-it notes and notes on your phone and notes scribbled in the margins of various journals and notebooks. And you think, I'm going to go back and read those sometime. Or you are trying to find something you know you took a note of and you can't for the life of you remember where you put it. Having a way to corral all of your ideas and inspiration into one document is life-changing. And I use a Google Sheet for that. We'll get to that later. So let's start by dealing with all of those files that are now sitting in your seven broad categories. Word of warning. If you have been working on your business for a while, like I was, without an organization system in place, these buckets may have a lot in them and may feel really overwhelming to tackle. But I promise taking the time to do so is so beneficial because in the long run, it will save you so much time. Imagine needing to send someone a file and knowing, oh, I just need to go to this folder, this subcategory. It'll be labeled this way. Boom, done. Magic. And one other little tip. If you open up one folder and it's just got thousands of files in there and it feels like too much to do in one go, which it may very well be, use a timer. Set a timer for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and just get as much done as you can and then plan to come back and do that over and over again until that folder is done. It'll go faster than you think. Okay. 
So back to purging. So while you're purging, you are going to end up deleting duplicates. You're going to have to open up some of the files to figure out what they are, sort through probably multiple versions of some things. It's the most labor intensive part of the process, but again, so worth it. And while you are purging, your subcategories for each main folder will become evident. But what I like to do is start by making the main subcategories that make sense that I know I need right now, just as a way to make sorting that folder even easier. But do your future self a favor and focus on keeping your system as simple as possible and not creating a million new subcategories in each folder. Otherwise, you'll make the job of putting away your files that much harder and your computer will end up messy again and you'll never know where to find things. So what subcategories should you set up? I'm going to share what I've done for my business in the hopes that it will help you get inspired to come up with similar ones for yourself. I know I I learn better by hearing examples. So my first main folder is backend, and that is all the behind the scenes stuff that make my business work. So in it, I started with the subcategories of financials, legal, services and subscriptions, my workflows. So that's my systems and my processes. Other people call this like SOPs. And then the last one is analytics and metrics. So that should give you a pretty good idea of where everything would get filed in those subcategories within the backend folder. And then under clients, I have consultations. I have my one-on-one clients and I have testimonials. Now, arguably testimonials could go under marketing, but because it's very client centric, I like to keep it under clients. And then under my education folder, I have certifications, I have coaching, and I have courses. Not everyone would consider the coaching and the courses separately, but for me, I do. Under marketing, I have things like brand, website, podcast, YouTube, funnels. And then in the parking lot, I have a folder called swipe files. And then I have saved emails, landing pages, ads, anything that I see and think, oh, that's such a good idea. I want to save it for inspiration. Then I also have a master Google sheet under my parking lot that is my idea bank. In that master Google sheet, I have separated out tabs based on topics. So I have a a tab for my podcast, any ideas I have for podcast episodes. I have a tab for my goals. I have a tab for things I want to learn, books I want to read. There's no end to how many tabs you could have, but then you can go through all of your existing pieces of paper and notes on your phones and start compiling them into that master sheet. And having it in the Google sheet allows you to link to the actual swipe file or the actual landing page, things like that. And by doing this, then I know exactly where to put my ideas rather than jotting them on random pieces of paper, my whiteboard or my phone. Listen, I still sometimes write things down in a hurry if I'm on a call or something, but then I have planned to regularly migrate them all to this one spot of my Google Sheet. So now you've got a good start on your subfolder categories. We need a naming system for your digital files. Can you imagine creating a file naming system that was so crystal clear that you would know exactly what the file was without opening it. Well, it's possible and it takes some discipline to keep it up, but I'm going to share with you an easy way to start. We're going to create a three-part structure, which will consist of a keyword, a date, and then a unique identifier. And I actually learned this process from another coach, Tracy Hoth, who is an organization and systems coach. And I heard her interviewed on another podcast and loved this part that she taught about the naming structure. So I'm just passing it along. So part one is the keyword. That is what identifies the main subject or category. It's obvious which organization bucket it would belong to when you look at this subject. So this could be a client name, a course or program name, a social media platform. The middle section is the date. And that's straightforward. The suggestion is that you use the four digit year followed by the two digit month. So 2023-06 for June. And you 
only include the day if that's absolutely necessary, which I can't imagine in many cases why it would be. It will keep it cleaner because you want your titles to be as short as possible, but still as readable as possible. And then finally, you want a unique identifier for your files. Again, you want to keep it as simple and short as possible and abbreviate if needed, but your unique identifiers would be things like the name of a document, the version of a document like draft or final, a module if you're doing a course or a lesson for a course. I want to include a few best practices that I also learn from Tracy that will help you keep your files as searchable as possible because of the way some external operating systems work. So you want to use all lowercase letters. You want to avoid spaces and special characters. So no hashtags and no spaces like you would write a normal sentence. And then use dashes instead of underscores. The rationale behind that is with dashes, the words remain independently searchable. If you use an underscore, it combines the two words and makes it less searchable. So that's it. I had no idea about that last one. And I thought that was mind-blowing to learn. So that is your naming structure. Next up is your workflows or your systems or your processes, whatever you call them. So how do you get something done in your business? You want to start documenting this, one for your own purpose, because when you have the process, you're not like, oh, how did I do that again? Especially when it's things that you do once a month or once a quarter or even once a year. But also when you get your business to the point where you're ready to bring on people, you have systems that you can point people to that tell them exactly exactly what you need them to do. First, you're going to choose the way you will document your workflows and systems. You can choose project management tools like Asana and Trello, but if you're just starting out, you probably don't need that added expense or another thing to learn. You can create a Notion board if you love using Notion, or if you want to keep it simple, use a Google Doc. That's what I do. You include the name of the workflow, what result it creates, estimated time, the steps. You can even link to a Loom video that shows a screen recording of step-by-step-by-step what you're doing. And once you've documented your workflows, then you're going to store them under your main folder that is your behind the scenes, what I call my backend, under the subfolder workflows or SOPs, systems, processes, whatever you've decided to call it. You can, of course, separate out more subcategories if you want for marketing workflows, content workflows, client workflows, or I like to see all of my systems at a glance in one place. So I have a master Google Sheet that links to all of my workflow documents and it's organized on there. So you may be wondering, what are the steps to actually document my workflow? I don't know how I do things. Okay, step one, sit down and brainstorm all the things you do in your business. Put it in a Google Doc and then you're gonna leave that note open on your computer and during your workday, you're going to add to it any of the things you do on a regular basis that you've forgotten. And once you have a fairly comprehensive list, then you can start your documentation process. And just like with the whole organization process, don't let yourself get overwhelmed. Pick the easy ones first. What were the first three to five workflows that came to mind for you when you started step one? For me, that's creating a podcast, building a funnel, and the weekly email newsletter. And start documenting those things. The easiest way to do this is to record the steps you're doing them as you go along. The next time you are starting from scratch to create a post on social media, open up a document and write down the steps or start Loom and record your screen. Talk into the audio note of your phone or go old school with paper. Just know that you're going to translate it into digital at the very end of this and label it appropriately. But ask yourself, what do I do first? Then what's next? what's next? And then at the end, am I missing anything? And then next time you're doing the task, make a commitment to follow the process and you'll see if you've missed anything or if anything was confusing. You might be thinking that your systems aren't efficient or polished and you don't really have a process, but you do. Because if you do anything on a regular basis, like post on social media, write a newsletter to your list, publish a podcast, create a Facebook ad, any of those things, there are a set of steps that you take in order to get it done. And once you have it documented, then you can work on 
refining it and making it more efficient. To give you an idea of some of the workflows that many coaches have, it things like what's the journey your client takes? Do you have an onboarding process for your new clients? Do you have a process that you follow when it's getting close to renewal time for collecting testimonials? How do you create a new sales funnel? Where do you store your passwords? How do you organize your digital files? How do you name your files? Those are all workflows. How do you track and evaluate your business metrics and goals? How do you organize all your ideas? How do you build a landing page? They create a Facebook ad. How do you update your financials each month and each quarter so that you're not faced with dealing with everything at tax time? That should give you a really good idea of where to start with your workflows. And that is it. That is the last part of the organization system. And then the biggest thing is making a commitment to, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, start using the systems that you've created. So once you have everything sorted neatly and you download a new freebie from someone, make sure that you label it and put it in the correct folder right away. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to end up getting to the end of the week and going, where did all these new files come from? It's okay. You're just going to remind yourself that, oh yeah, this is what we're doing now and carve out the time. And when you start doing that on a regular basis, it gets so much easier and becomes the habit of staying organized. So I hope that this two-part episode really helped you figure out how you can organize your digital assets for your business and keep yourself on track with staying organized for the future as you grow. And if you have any questions, hit me up in the DMs. I would love to hear if there's anything you want me to record a podcast about. Going forward, we're going to have a lot more interviews with coaches and not just coaches who are super successful, but coaches that are just starting out like you. And I want to get in there and ask them how they found their first clients and what were their biggest struggles and things that I think we can all relate to. So going forward, there's going to be a lot more of that. And I will still do some solo episodes as well, but I'm excited for the future growth of this podcast. So that's it for today. And I will see you right back here next week. Hey, I wanted to thank you so much for tuning into the show and listening all the way to the end. Did you know that in addition to getting your free chart, you can get a customized business strategy roadmap and even book a one-on-one human design reading with me so we can unpack all that goodness in your chart? If that's something you're interested in, head over to the links in the show notes or go to pattynot.com forward slash readings. If you have questions or a topic you'd love me to cover, shoot me a DM over on Instagram. I would love to meet you there. And if you're enjoying the show, can I ask you a favor? Can you pick up your phone, open the Apple podcast app, and leave me a rating and a review. It only takes a couple of minutes. Reviews help iTunes know that this content is worth sharing, which means we can help even more people with their amazing work out into the world. See you next time.